You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my beautiful friends. So before we get into this amazing and well-anticipated episode about how to find a virtual assistant, how to hire one, what to look for, I actually wanted to help you out because I made a brand spanking new pop-in quiz. So if you take this two-minute quiz, I'm going to teach you what your zone of genius is. And I have had an uncanny ability to predict it spot on because I am psychic. Actually, because I made this super rad quiz and practiced a ton. (laughs) But I am going to help you figure out what your zone of genius is, what your superpowers are, and how you can build a business around it that makes 10K months. I am giving you a free five-page report based on your zone of genius by doing this quiz. I spent a lot of my December working on this for you, (laughs) and it is here. So I'm so stoked for you to take it. It's at kellytrack.com slash genius. That's Kelly. Wow. I can't even say my own name. Kellytrack.com slash genius. And you can take the quiz. It takes two minutes and I'm going to give you that free five page report. So go grab it. All right, let's talk about today's show. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to find a virtual assistant, what exactly they do, how to hire one, the qualities you should look for, how much to pay them. All of those burning questions get answered in today's episode. So the person that I have on to chat with me today is my own virtual assistant, Kenny Bartley. So who is Kenny? Who is this amazing woman that does lots of amazing things for me? Well, she is a virtual assistant by day, photographer by night. So Kenny Bartley is a Virgo type three ENFJ through and through. Most importantly, she's an entrepreneur who firmly believes in community over competition, hustling with heart and chasing values versus dreams. Now, before becoming a total boss babe, Kenny was a remote HR professional for a Fortune 500 company. Plus, she was interning for a marketing agency and was running her photography business on the side. After transitioning to her photography business full-time, she found that a large part of her Instagram community was really interested in the how behind her business and her marketing. From there, Kenny launched her second business, which is called Kenny & Co. Virtual Assistant, and has grown her team. So Kenny & Co. VA is honored to provide brand development and administrative services to support female entrepreneurs in storytelling and helping them step away from overwhelm. Kenny's number one goal behind both of her businesses is to empower women to be the CEO of their lives and business. So let's get cracking and dive on in. P.S. If you are not subscribed to The Kelly Track Show, go hit that subscribe button, go hit a five-star review, go leave me a little comment, a little rating, a little review. Give me five stars. If you're going to give me four, don't five only. (laughs) And let's get started into this amazing episode for you today. All right, Kenny, well, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. This is a well-anticipated show all about VAs, what VAs do, um, how exactly you start working with one. Kenny is my incredible VA. I love working with her and I feel like this episode is going to be so good. So I want to begin with some rapid fire so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So are you game? I am game. I'm down. Okay, cool. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Ooh, early bird or late owl? Early bird. Favorite book? Oh, that's really hard. Um, the Harry Potter series. <laughs> nice, nice. Photographing weddings or engagements? Engagements. Fun. Working from home or a coffee shop? Working from home. Yeah, me too. Favorite thing you love about living in Oregon Valley? Ooh, the fav- my favorite thing that I love about living in Oregon is definitely, um, like it's very mountainous and the views are beautiful. No matter where you go, you could go to Eastern Oregon and it's like desert or, um, more of the West coast and there's mountains everywhere and just like amazing trees. <laughs> For sure. Which leads into my next question. Mountains or ocean? Oh, mountains for sure. Interesting. Interesting. I'm definitely an ocean gal. Really? Uh, Yeah. But mountains are beautiful too. I feel like the two of them together make it beautiful, but I would pick water. I'm like, I need the water. I like to look at the water. 
That makes sense because you love Hawaii and live in Vancouver. That's true. That's true. And what's something cool that you are obsessed with right now? I just got a new lens for my camera. Um, it's a 24 to 70 millimeter and I'm super obsessed with it. And I think it's really cool. That's awesome. Aren't lenses like really expensive? Like, They're very expensive. Yeah. 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 I feel like those are like big investments. I feel like every time you get like a new piece of like technology or like gear, it's like a big deal. I got a MacBook Air the other day and I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like you just want to like cradle it like your little baby because you're like, I invested so much in you and I will take <laughs> such good care. Totally. Totally. I love that. That's so awesome that you got a new lens. That's amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how you got into doing this work, not just being a photographer, but also being a virtual assistant, which is kind of like a, I feel like it's one of those sort of like new age jobs or like something that wouldn't have existed, you know, 10 years ago when we were in like high school being like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) So can you share a little bit about how you got into this world? Yeah. So my path definitely was not clear for me. Um, so after college, I literally jumped into a corporate HR job, like the Monday after I graduated, because that's literally what I thought my dream was. And I mean, I had consistently worked two jobs while going to school full time. So working a nine to five, having my evenings free and my weekends to myself really did seem dreamy. And it was for a while. And then while working this corporate job, my fiance and I actually moved halfway across the country from Oregon to Texas for his job. And we didn't know anyone. Like I was completely isolated And that's how I like jumped into photography and making it my side hustle was I literally just wanted to meet people, make friends, find a community. And for a while, I just did it for free because I just wanted to meet people. And I wasn't even thinking about money or business. But fast forward over a year later from that experience, we moved back to Oregon. Wedding and senior photography had become my main side hustle, but I was beyond miserable at my corporate job. And I had interviewed for a handful of other jobs that sounded even worse and (laughs) paid even less. And we live in like a relatively small area in Oregon. So the opportunities for me were really slim. So Mm. I decided to just take the leap and go full time with photography, which was a really scary jump for me at the time. I had matched my corporate salary, but that job didn't really pay a whole lot either. So it wasn't really saying much, I guess. And then when I made that transition, I had been running a blog for several years before that. And so I kind of made this weird transition on social media and just like my digital life of being like, Hey, I'm not doing this blog anymore. I'm actually really doing this photography business. And a lot of other small business owners who had been following me were reaching out asking, you know, how was I doing this? Asking for my advice. And At first, I was just kind of talking to people as much as I could, and I was really trying to help educate people and help others start their own business. And then uh, one of my friends actually suggested to me that I should become a virtual assistant, and I didn't even know what it was at the time. And I looked into it, and I was like, oh, I can definitely do this. A lot of the tasks are stuff that I was doing at my HR corporate job, and then a lot of the other things I was already doing for myself, for my photography business. So it ended up being a really, really smooth transition for me. And it's actually been such a huge blessing as well, because it has allowed me to be more creative in my photography business and less dependent on it as my main source of income. So Mm. I'm super grateful that I took the leap to invest my time and energy into a different venture because it was really nerve wracking to think, oh gosh, I'm going to split my time again. And I'm not going to have any time for this one or that one. And really it, it all just worked out for the best. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. And then I didn't know you had a blog for so long. What were, what were you writing about in your blog? Was it like lifestyle? Was it like health and wellness? Yeah, it was actually 
it was lifestyle, but it was geared towards sustainability. So like living a more sustainable life. And I did zero waste for like over a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. I did read that in your little, your bio somewhere about your, you taking a reusable water bottle everywhere, which I love. And I, I love my reusable water bottle, but that's so cool. I didn't know that about you, that you did zero waste for a year. Holy cow. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks. It was really fun. But then when we moved to Texas, it became so much more difficult because the culture is just a lot different there. (laughs) Yeah. West coast living is a very specific way. Like and even yes. when you move somewhere else, it's just, there's just things that are different mindsets that are different. You know, I remember like when I had moved from my exchange and my study abroad to Paris, I was like, what do you mean? We don't have a compost. Like wh- wh- mm. I put this paper in the garbage. Like what? <laughs> like it, it yeah. was just, and even in Hawaii is very like slow to develop recycling. Um, and I just, I, that to me, I'm like, like scratching my head thinking like what how why like it's just it really bothers me um so yeah it's definitely it's it's hard when you move but that's so cool that you did it for a year good for you yeah it was an incredible experience and I would definitely do it again it's more about just getting in the habit of doing it so Totally. One day I'll get back. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So you talk a lot about chasing not just your dreams, but rather your values. So I love this so much. And I think that is so well articulated. So what would you describe some of your core values as? Yeah. So my core values are compassion, community, authenticity, and passion. And For me, I use those as pillars to align my life and my dreams the way that I want them. And also to remind myself that I'm not just living this life for myself, but to serve other people as well. And that's how I view my business is, I mean, both of my businesses are service-based. So I'm constantly checking in with those values of mine just to make sure that everything is in alignment. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's so that the values work is so powerful. Like when you do the values work, figure out your values and then try to find more time in your life to spend it living in alignment with your values. That is is so powerful. Your values are actually pretty similar to mine. Like I have, you know, like, um, connection, which is in there, which is like community and, um, kind of like similar to your passion. Mine's like possibility and like dream big. So yeah, I love that. And how do you live out your core values? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a big question. Um, I feel like I live out my core values in a lot of ways. I try to have a lot of compassion for myself as a business owner. Um, and also like as a virtual assistant, having a lot of compassion for my clients and what they're going through and what they might feel overwhelmed with, because, um, maybe I'm not overwhelmed by it, but I need to explain it in a way that they understand and doesn't make them feel more overwhelmed. Um, community, I, I find that is so big in the photography industry, um, like community over competition, um, just connecting with other photographers and small businesses within the wedding industry is so important to cultivating a great work environment because like if I'm at a wedding, I wanted to make the bride and groom's big day like the best it can be. Authenticity, mostly in both in both of my businesses, but how I come across through any type of communication, I want to make sure it's authentic to who I am and the rest of my core values and what my dreams are and my boundaries. And especially through like my marketing tactics or like social media, I think that, you know, it's talked about so much, but you know, social media is like this highlight reel, which is great. But then also just being like real and genuine and goofy. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so, that's so well said. And yeah, I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit deeper, kind of what you shared about the community versus competition thing, because that was something I like did not understand until I had my own business. Like, I feel like that was not something that we were told in society that, there's room for everybody and you know there there can be more than one person at the top like in high school it was very much like there's one person who's the best and you know everybody else is in like position two or three yes and you share a lot about champion championing champ 
championing <laughs> championing others and cheering for other women so can you tell us a little bit more about how you lean in towards community over that competition yeah so when I first started my photography and my virtual assistant business was literally leaning into helping my community of other entrepreneurs and small business owners create successful businesses and businesses that didn't overwhelm them, which turned into my virtual assistant business. But, you know, it's interesting because I think in this last year, that phrase has really challenged me because at the beginning of 2019, one of my very best friends started her own business. And I immediately felt myself kind of go into defensive mode and got competitive. And I had to really fight back that inner voice in my head saying like, just because she's successful doesn't mean you won't be, or just because you're successful doesn't mean she won't be successful. Like you both have power in this space and you can both be successful. So I think I try to lean in more and more to that after that experience, because I saw firsthand how society over time has put this framework in my head to specifically pit women against women. And I just want to be a beam of light to other people and super positive and influential in only the best way. And I don't want to have a negative impact on someone else's business or life. Yeah, that's so powerful. And thanks for sharing that. Because I feel like we've all had those moments when it's all like, yay, go you. And then like, the like self-comparison is she doing better than yeah. me how do I stack up my sales versus her sales it's like yeah. it's it's weird and it's so important to share because it's like it's not something people talk about a lot and not something that people really dive into so yeah I really appreciate you sharing that really openly and vulnerably and I'm sure so many people listening are like nodding their heads and being like um I've been there <laughs> I know what that's like you know we all we all feel it so so yeah. thanks for sharing about it so I'd love to pivot and talk a little bit about being a virtual assistant, aka being a VA. So we had a lot of amazing listener questions get sent in about, you know, what a VA does and how to hire one and what to, you know, give a VA and tasks you can pass off. So I'd love to kind of go through some of these questions. But for the person who's just starting out and is sort of brand new, what exactly is a virtual assistant? And how would you define that, Kenny? Oh, yeah, that's a tough question, honestly, because virtual assistant is it's really an umbrella term at this point, because a virtual assistant is a professional who offers services to clients virtually. <laughs> um, but, you know, the way that I always try to explain it is if you think of someone who specializes in something. So if you walked into a corporate job or like a corporate office and you needed to find someone who does data entry, um, then you go to the third floor, whatever, whatever floor it is, <laughs> and you'd find the person who does data entry. Well, you know, a virtual assistant can do data entry. Or if you need to find the graphic designer, well, then you go to the second floor and you find the graphic designer. And, and all of these people can be virtual assistants. They just, you know, work virtually instead of working in an office. And then also I think for me, being a virtual assistant is specifically helping entrepreneurs. And that's not always the case. There are definitely some virtual assistants who assist like CEOs and, and larger executives, but a virtual assistant is offering a specialized skill to a small business or entrepreneur. Yeah. And I agree with you. It is a huge umbrella these days. And it's like, there is an assistant for every sort of task under the sun. I feel like it's more than anything about like what you need help with in your business and finding the people with, with those skills and yeah. getting more than anything really clear on the things you need help on and mm -hmm. delegating that out because it is such a, it's such a huge umbrella for all sorts of things. So do you want to explain maybe a little bit about the maybe tasks you work on day to day, Kenny, or like kind of just for the listeners to sort of get an example of like the stuff that you do. Could you kind of share a little bit about kind of what tasks you work on during the day, projects, that kind yeah. of stuff? I mostly do tasks around marketing. So a lot of what I work on is writing copy, setting up email campaigns, helping manage 
marketing projects like a sales funnel. And then I we also provide some admin tasks as well, like inbox management. Oh, and PR services. So oh. as you know, yeah, podcasts are really big right now. And it takes a lot of time and energy to pitch yourself to, you know, maybe 10 different podcasts, and you'll maybe hear back from three or two or one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's something else that we do a lot of for our clients now. Interesting. I didn't know you did that. That's, that's such a good addition. And like, who has time to pitch? Like (laughs) that's like the last thing on the bottom of my to-do list is like, pitch yourself to be on more podcasts. That's like the thing that's like, that'd be like a nice to have, but like, I would never have time for. So that's an amazing thing to delegate out. I love that. Yeah. So what kind of tasks can a VA do for you? This was one of the questions that came in. Oh gosh. I mean, again, a virtual assistant can really do anything. I mean, they can do personal errands, hotel and flight booking. Um, maybe you have YouTube videos or podcasts that need to be transcribed. A virtual assistant could do that for you. Create and set up websites, do community engagement on social media, or just like overall, a lot of virtual assistants offer social media work, calendar appointment management, inbox management, writing emails, blog posts, setting all those up, making sure that they go out, um, and then like creating a schedule for all of that. That's something that we do a lot of is creating a marketing flow for our clients to make sure that they're not only have the marketing materials, but they're actually being put out into the world (laughs) on time. I see that a lot with entrepreneurs if they have like a thousand blog posts, they just don't have time to actually put them on their website. Um, (laughs) so anything that you can think of as an entrepreneur that you need help with, you can most likely find a virtual assistant to help you with it. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of other tasks to give VAs like, um, yeah, like data entry, reporting, anything touching email, setting up tech stuff, like yes. backend admin, like even just small things like change the copy on this website or I've sent, you know, many things to you. And it's like, can you spell check this? Yes. <laughs> um, just like yes. those admin thingies. I always kind of describe it as the admin stuff on my to-do list that I just never get around to or don't want to do. Those like little things or like, you know, put a new testimonial up on the site or just little admin things. VAs can do anything and everything. Yeah. Which kind of goes into the next question of when should somebody be hiring a virtual assistant? When do you think is a good time, Kenny? This is such a good question and also hard to answer because Mm -hmm. it's just so different for everyone, obviously. You know, the main answer is when you have too much on your plate is when you should be hiring a virtual assistant. And I would say even before that, so that you can get on a good rhythm with your virtual assistant. You know, for me as a photographer, I have a busy season. And so making sure that I have additional help during that season is so important for me. So I will hire before that happens to ensure I'm not scrambling in the middle of this busy season trying to onboard someone. When you don't know how to do a certain task for your business, like maybe you really want to set up an email sales funnel, but you don't know how to integrate the different systems or, you know, even create a landing page. That would be a time to hire a virtual assistant. Um, you can do the task or project, but you really need to focus on the profit making tasks in your business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yes. That's good answer. (laughs) Yes. That's a big one too. You know, you could figure out how to do it, but it would take, you know, a million years and would it get done until six months later? I definitely fall into that bucket myself. Like for my own personal admin tasks, I could put it off until like five years from now and then be like, Oh yeah, I said I was going to do this thing and I never actually did it. Um, so that's why it's so important for me to actually have a virtual assistant because I will put everyone else's needs before mine. Um, you need help with organizing and prioritizing your systems or, you know, you just want more freedom in your business and in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree with what you said as well around like when your place starts to get full is a good time to hand stuff off as well as like right before that happens and kind of like catching yourself kind of when you're like feeling really overwhelmed is kind of the time to pass off. And it's one of those 
money mindset, wealth consciousness things of investing in help and, and doing it and not being afraid to spend the money and it can be nerve wracking. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. And then, you know, just to dive into that a little bit deeper, because I know for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's really difficult to figure out if you're at that place. And what I always recommend is creating a list of all the tasks that you have to do and putting them in two different columns, the tasks that you love doing or get you fired up and the tasks that you absolutely hate doing and you avoid, and then highlight everything that directly contributes to your business's bottom line or your business's profit. And then after you highlight all them, um, put a star next to any tasks or projects that you don't really know how to do. So if there's any items that are highlighted and also have a star next to them, that's a money making project or task that you don't know how to do and are not doing. So that needs to be outsourced ASAP. And then anything in your like hate or avoid doing column that isn't highlighted, I would honestly evaluate or I would recommend evaluating whether that should be any kind of focus because if you hate doing it and you're not making any money from it, um, then it's probably not in your zone of genius like you would say, Kelly, (laughs) will take a ton of time to complete and it doesn't benefit your bottom line whatsoever. So what's the point really? Yeah, that's such a good way of looking at it. Like really getting clear on the stuff you do and writing it down. Even like looking at the back, back of what you've written in your like agenda or what's gone into your calendar and like seeing what kind of tasks you're doing. And like, are you doing money-making tasks or are you doing miscellaneous tasks? Because like I tracked for all of this year, I tracked who bought what and what it came from. And it was just like very illuminating as to like where I need to spend my time and where I need to like, just keep delegating and passing things off. Yeah. Cause it's really eye-opening. Cause you know, like you can spend all that time tweaking the website, but it's like it's the consult call that's gonna like close the sale, <laughs> and you exactly. gotta spend more time on those consult calls, and only you can do those, and let somebody else take care of that website for you. So I love that. I love that exactly. um, assignment. That's so good, Kenny. So let's pivot a bit and talk about where exactly you find a VA and how exactly you hire one. So do you have any tips or thoughts, Kenny? If you're an entrepreneur, small business, and You know some other people that have virtual assistants and those virtual assistants perform similar tasks for that person that you're looking for. So let's say, you know, your friend has a virtual assistant who sets up their email campaigns for them and that's what you're needing help with. Ask for their recommendation. Like, would you recommend or refer your virtual assistant? Because that's that's a really great place to start. I mean, A, you don't have to look that hard and B, you're finding a quality candidate. But I think it's important to get referrals from someone who gets help with a similar task you want off your plate because not all virtual assistants um, provide the same tasks or have the same specializations. Mm. The second place is private Facebook groups. So like uh, your private Facebook group, Kelly, or, you know, Gold Digger Podcast is a huge one, obviously. Boss Moms is one. There's like freelancing females. I don't know. There's there's a ton of private Facebook groups. But there's tons of virtual assistants just kind of like waiting on there. Like, who needs help? Like, oh. so just putting a call out there that you're looking for a virtual assistant, that'll give you, you a lot of candidates. But also besides that, just saying like, if you have a virtual assistant, who do you recommend? Um, and what do they do for you? So rather than asking virtual assistants to come to you and say, Hey, I'm a virtual assistant and I can do that task for you. Cause there'll be tons of people who will raise their hand, Mm -hmm. but rather asking other small businesses, Hey, who do you recommend? Mm -hmm. That's so smart. I love both of those. And then when you are hiring somebody, what kind of things should you look for? What kind of qualities, what kind of experience background? Do you have any suggestions on this at all, Kenny? Yeah. So I mean, the number one thing is, like I've been saying, what do they specialize in? You don't want to hire a VA to set up your Facebook ad for you. If they've never done it before, they typically only do admin work. So if they don't specialize in anything, that's automatically a red flag to me because yes, there are some tasks most VAs can take on for entrepreneurs. Like 
most people can perform admin tasks if you're organized enough, but I think it's important for virtual assistants to recognize their strengths and weaknesses. And even for virtual assistants, it's impossible to be a master at everything or jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. So understanding what they specialize in and what they offer Um, you know, when I have prospect calls, that's a question that I'll get a lot is, you know, what do you do for most of your clients? And the answer is email campaigns and copywriting and, and marketing related things. And then sometimes, you know, they're like, Oh, great, I need help with that. But I also need help with my inbox and getting it organized. And, you know, maybe that's not like the number one priority for them, but just something they need help with kind of on the side. And yeah, sure, I can do that. It's it's not what I specialize in. But yeah, we can take that off your plate as well. And then how does the virtual assistant communicate this one I've realized in the last year is so, so important because every virtual assistant communicates differently. So think about how you want to work with someone. If you want someone on your team who offers video and call support, then make sure before you hire that virtual assistant that that's something they offer because not all virtual assistants will get on a call with you once a week or once a month. Um, Or like if you do really well with communicating on Slack or text message or whatever it is, you need to make sure that that virtual assistant offers that or else the communication flow and the workflow is just not going to work well. If you hire a virtual assistant who only offers email communication and your inbox, you know, looks like a hot mess and (laughs) you can't keep track of your emails, that's probably not going to be a great work partnership and a great asset to your team. Mm, Yeah, that communication piece is so big, especially with everything being like digital and remote work. And depending on where this person's located, you might never, ever meet them in your life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, being a good communicator and having their communication style match up with yours is huge. I never even thought about that, but that's such a good point. And yeah, for the person that wants that like video chat or getting on a call or like discuss things that to be an option is huge and like looking for people who have that. I think that's really important. Yes, definitely. And then I think another thing is when you're on a call with a virtual assistant, just talking about what their policies and boundaries are because Mm. virtual assistants are businesses too, and we're operating to serve many different clients. Um, And so some virtual assistants offer different turnaround times um, or have different office hours or work hours. And so if you're someone who needs someone like on call 24 seven, not every virtual assistant is going to offer that. Um, and so just making sure, you know, you really understand like what are their office hours? What, um, you know, what's their turnaround time? Yeah, that is such a good point too, because it it really indicates to the business owner of how organized they have to be and how like ahead of schedule they are. And like, exactly, just like that process, even when I pass things off to you, I have to like really think about like deadlines, timelines, um, when I want things done by and it's like, (laughs) it's, it's one thing to like manage yourself and be really good at managing yourself. And then you're like managing other people and other people's deadlines. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is a, this is a skill. Like this is something to (laughs) practice and refine. And that's such a good point too. figuring out what their turnaround times are, their boundaries, their work hours, virtual assistants different than like personal assistant, which is what I kind of always thought a VA used to be like, in the movie when it's like Devil Wears Prada and you have like the (laughs) assistant Andy to like Miranda Priestly and he's like doing tasks like all the time for Miranda. That's kind of what I thought a VA did, but everybody's got like boundaries. They run their own business. Like it's, it's very much a business and they are a business owner and it's all about making sure that you're clear on their boundaries too. Um, so I think that's such a great point to add. It's so funny too, because I found that entrepreneurs are like so afraid of being micromanagers that a lot of times they're like the complete opposite where, you know, when I first start working with someone, they'll be like, Oh, this can just be completed whenever. And a lot of times I'm the one that's like, no, 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 give me a deadline because (laughs) if you tell me, no, 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 this can be completed whenever that indicates to me that this isn't a priority at all. Like, why am I, why have you even hired me? You know? So I think being really clear about you know, what you want done and when you want it done and how you want it done is actually an asset when you're, as you know, you were saying, like when you're, when you're managing someone else, um, or delegating tasks, that's another really important part of like that communication aspect with your VA. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's such a that's such a good point. And the next question that we had sent in from a listener was, how much does it cost to work with a virtual assistant? And I know this totally ranges. Yeah, it's really going to vary depending on the virtual assistant's experience and expertise. But really, you could expect anywhere from twenty five to over fifty dollars an hour, depending on what the virtual assistant specializes in um, and how experienced they are as well. There are also some VAs or tasks that might be charged on a project service basis rather than an hourly. So that's something important to keep in mind. I don't want to tell people like, oh, it's all hourly because that's not the case at all. And everyone runs their business differently. And for myself, most of my tasks are hourly, but I do have some like one-off projects that I charge on a project basis rather than an hourly basis. Mm, Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like I've seen prices all over the map. And I don't know, I feel like one of the biggest things is kind of at the end of the day, you get what you pay for with all things in life. And there's like, you can get help on like Upwork starting at like $4 an hour, but that wouldn't be my kind of cup of tea. I'm definitely, I would rather pay more and get something really good quality because at the end of the day, like you want to be able to like trust somebody enough to pass the work off to them. Um, And that usually comes with somebody being really skilled and professional and comes at a price point higher than four dollars an hour (laughs) yeah definitely I don't know who could survive off of four dollars an hour um I mean and that's kind of going back to one of your previous questions on like how to find a VA asking for referrals is so huge because they're definitely I mean unfortunately there are scams out there where you know People are posing as virtual assistants and um, they make you pay all up front and then they like never do anything for you. Um, Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason that I always recommend like find a referral, find a referral because like unfortunately that does exist. And that's something else that's kind of important with the how much does a VA cost is it is pretty typical or common for a virtual assistant to charge up front and then do the tasks afterwards. It's not as common to do all the tasks and then be paid after. Gotcha. That's a good tip for people just starting out. Yeah, good to know. And then another listener question was, how do you communicate with your virtual assistant? So I personally do all of my communication through Trello for a project project management basis. So any project communication like attachments or details or deadlines, anything like that, I um, do through Trello, as you know, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also email, but I try to do less email because my inbox can get really crazy. I'm one of those people. My inbox is organized, but in one day I could have like, you know, 50 emails. So, and then I personally offer video or phone support and then tech support for additional fee, just because that's a lot more time and energy for myself personally. Um, But like I said, you know, different VAs offer different communication styles and ways. And I know a lot of virtual assistants don't offer video conferencing at all. Some VAs only do communication through email. I mean, it it just varies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like it's both finding out how you like to communicate and finding somebody who communicates in the same way that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit about some of the mindset shifts really required to outsource and delegate and spend the money and get the help you need in your business. So you talk a lot about women becoming the CEO of their lives. So how would you explain the difference in mindset between an entrepreneur who wears all the hats and does all the things versus a woman in her power who is acting as the CEO and delegating stuff out? Oh gosh. Yeah. I love that question. It's It's something that I feel really strongly about, especially since becoming a virtual assistant. So I feel like I should start by saying that some entrepreneurs hire a virtual assistant when what they really need is a business coach. So a virtual assistant might have ideas or recommendations for your business or how to do something more efficiently. But at the end of the day, you as the business owner decide what needs to be done and the virtual assistant gets shit done. Mm. A CEO who delegates is a decision maker. So you're deciding what tasks need to be a priority and who is going to work on which tasks. On top of that, effective delegation, it takes strategy, which 
comes down again to decision making. Um, you're deciding who your target market is so that your virtual assistant can write um, copy for you. You're deciding how you want to market so that your virtual assistant can make that happen consistently for you. You're deciding, you know, what you want your customer experience to be so your virtual assistant can streamline and organize your systems. But the virtual assistant is not there to decide what's a priority in your business, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you can't pass off deciding strategy on a virtual assistant, like who your target audiences or the best way to market for your specific business. And I think the difference in mindset between an entrepreneur who wears all the hats versus the CEO who delegates is really like the CEO who delegates is able to look at the big picture and then also zoom in close um, and kind of knows when they need to look at the big picture versus when they need to kind of get into the nitty gritty. And I think entrepreneurs who are trying to wear all the hats kind of get into this like cycle of just like putting their head down and just like working, working, working. And they forget to like look up and think, okay, well, who am I targeting all these social media captions to, or like, who am I writing this website copy for? Yeah. That is such a big thing is like being clear what you're in. Are you in like the entrepreneur wearing all the hats role or are you in the CEO role where you are that decision maker? I think that word decision maker is such a clear articulation between like what bucket you fall under. Yeah, I think decision making is really the biggest difference that I've seen between, um, you know, being a CEO or acting like a CEO, maybe you don't feel like a CEO yet, um, acting like a CEO versus, you know, just being this entrepreneur who's kind of like trying to make things work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I know what it's like to be the person that wears all the hats. And I did that for the first year of my business. And it is hard and it's tiring and it's exhausting. And I think I didn't really get great at delegation until 2019. And then <laughs> I, f I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty good at, at running the show now and kind of stepping into CEO, but that was a practice for sure. Um, and a lot of it came down to my money mindset and strengthening that and outsourcing and paying the cash and forking over the credit card and just doing it. Cause it was like, it was one of those moments where it was like, okay, <laughs> You can't, you can't keep doing it by yourself if you want to scale and grow. So yeah. for the early stage business owner who, who's usually like in the bucket of people making less than 5k per month consistently, usually, you know, you're, you're in that spot where you're just starting to get the money going in your business and you're paying yourself and like, you're getting that cash flow in, but you're really nervous to spend the money and invest in help. Maybe it's your first hire, first VA. What would you say to that person who's nervous to spend the money who like desperately needs the help, but is nervous to like give the credit card over? First, I would say I totally 100% understand because my businesses are like my baby. So, um, you know, it, it is really hard to kind of hand over the reins a little bit and, and give control. So I have compassion for you if you're in that space, because it's definitely, it's not easy. Um, but it is a hundred percent worth it. So, you know, if you're looking for more time or money or both, the only way to reach those goals is to outsource and hire help and delegate. You know, if you think of the people that you admire most in business, none of them have done it alone. And so it's really important to remember that because I think especially with social media, it can look like all these, you know, boss babes and girl bosses and stuff are, are doing it alone. And really they, they probably aren't, you know, this is something that Jenna Kutcher and Rachel Hollis are talking about all the time. And I think it's so, so important. So, you know, I think another important piece is it doesn't have to be permanent. So I think a lot of people, when they are trying to visualize hiring a virtual assistant, um, they, they kind of get panicked, like, oh, well, what if I can't pay them the next month? Or, you know, what if this doesn't work out long term? And it's, it's okay, you don't have to work with the same person for, for years and years and years. 
maybe one virtual assistant will serve you for several months um, and then you need to take a break and then you need to hire another virtual assistant who specializes in something else. So I think just knowing that it's not like this permanent, like life altering decision, which I think allows more freedom to make the decision in the, in the long run. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it, like starting small, looking at at it as a short-term thing, because it can be easy to go to, oh gosh, this is like, you know, X per month, every single month, or like when I make investments in team, I'm like, okay, I'm paying this person like two grand a month every month to do this task, or one grand a month for this, or, and then I start to think about like, what that looks like on the credit card (laughs) um and just like expenses and all that kind of stuff but just looking at that with the lens of short term and you can pivot you can tweak you can start off small I think that's such a great way of looking at it I love that yeah and I specifically say that too just because like I myself as a photographer it's so seasonal and so sometimes I have to hire extra support for just like three to five months. And then the rest of the year, I, I don't have as much support. And it it's not a bad thing. It doesn't make me less successful or more successful. It's just the way that my business operates and runs. Totally. Yeah. I think that's such a great way of, of putting it. Another thing that you touched on is like this, this feeling of our businesses being our babies. And I mean, that's super true for, for me. <laughs> I totally resonate with that, but I know in the past, um, I used to get caught up in the thinking that I was the only one that could do the job and the only person who could do it best. Therefore, I couldn't delegate or give to somebody else. And I used to think like, you know, I can do it better than everybody else. I have like the highest standard of excellence. I really care about doing A plus work. If it's like a B, I will be pissed. (laughs) So I can't pass (laughs) this off. So how would you support and give advice to the person who feels like they're in that position where they're having a hard time giving up the reins, giving up control, letting go, passing things off? What would you say to that kind of person? The only answer that I really have is like, it's funny because when we first start as business owners, and I mean, still to this day for myself, at least, you know, comparison is such a huge thing. And, you know, they're doing it so much better, or they're doing it this way or that way. And it's funny how we can see other people and think they're doing it so much better, but then it's really hard for us to delegate and think that no one can do it better than me or run my business better. And I think what I see for a lot of my clients when they do hire additional support is it allows for more room and energy in their life to actually up-level their business and make better decisions and also get like a third eye. Like you have someone who's being really objective about, you know, the copy that you're putting on your website or how that landing page is designed or, you know, the consistency of sending out your newsletters. And so, yeah, I think if, you know, you're struggling to make room for delegation and stuck in this idea that only you can do it best just remembering that getting some clear space and like some objectivity on your business can be a really huge and beneficial thing. And also like a lot of my clients, when they first start with me, maybe they're not giving me like the most high level of tasks and that's completely okay. It definitely, it takes some time to build trust and comfort and understand my client's business a little bit. But as time goes on, then maybe they'll pass off more things that they wouldn't normally in the beginning. So just because you're hiring a virtual assistant doesn't mean that you immediately have to, you know, give them like oh, you're going to write all my website copy. Like that does not need to be the case at all. Maybe it's, they start with writing like three social media captions for you in a month or in a week or whatever it is. So you can start off really small, kind of like, you know, dip your toe in the water and then kind of work your way up and build comfort with that person. Mm, I love that. I think that's such a good piece of advice, like building comfort with that person and then kind of giving them the more high level tasks working on the more harder projects. I think that's a really great piece of advice. I'm trying to think about the things that really helped me make the shift. I'd say the biggest one for me was like my desire to scale and grow and knowing that I couldn't do it alone. And I love what you said about like the people that you admire, like on Instagram, the entrepreneurs that you admire are not doing it by themselves. So like what makes you think you have to do it by yourself? And I kind of think team is like the highest form of like luxury in a business because I know what it's like to do it all by yourself and it sucks. And having people that help you is 
amazing and it takes pressure off and I was actually looking past at an old journal I had of things I had wanted to manifest in my business and I was writing down like be in Hawaii and um you know it was like have have a six-figure year be in Hawaii and have my team take care of stuff while while I'm on the beach and to me that was like the biggest dream and then I was reading that like a couple weeks ago and I was like oh my god I was like I manifested that <laughs> but it just like to me it's the highest the highest luxury of like wow other people are helping me like I don't have to do it by myself it like takes a yeah like a burden off my back that's like literally how I feel so yeah it's a hard spot to be in but um it's a choice that is like a million times worth it in my opinion yeah I mean that's such a great point that you made because like there is no PTO as a business owner an entrepreneur and just making a small investment and having help can actually kind of like create that PTO like your business is still going even though you know maybe you're in Hawaii or visiting family or something totally 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 so I would love to wrap up with a couple of closing Q&A. So if somebody wants to hire you, Kenny, where can they do that? Where can they find you? Where can they check out your packages? Yeah, the best place to find me is through my website, which is Kenny, and it's spelled K-E-N-I, or it's Kenny and Co com, which is spelled K-E-N-I-A-N-D-C-O-B-A. Yes, I will put all the links as well in the show notes. So Perfect. It's easy. Where is the best place for people to connect, swing by, say hello, follow you? Where do you like to connect online? Yeah, so I mean, I love Instagram. So the best place to connect with me for virtual assistant is through Instagram at kennyandco.va. And then I also have my photography page, which is a great place to get to know me as a person because I use that as both my professional and like personal Instagram page. Um, so if you're like, you know, who is this person and can I trust them with my business? You can jump on there and see me like singing weirdly and talking to the camera with like no makeup on. So perfect. I will link all those in the show notes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on Kenny. This was so helpful. Thank you for spending the time with me. Thanks for answering all the listener questions. I really hope people come your way. PS, if you work with Kenny, let her know that I sent you, (laughs) um, let let her know that you found her through this amazing, amazing five-star podcast. (laughs) Um, and thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us. And thanks for all of your love, light, and wisdom. Yes. Thank you so much. I loved being on the show and you're definitely one of my favorite clients, but don't tell anyone else. Gold star, gold star. (laughs) All right, my friends. And there you have it. That is the show for you today. Oh my goodness. Is Kenny amazing or what? She's so fun. And her work is like impeccable. She's amazing. Like I cannot say enough good things about her. So if you are in the market for AVA, go talk to Kenny. She's your gal. And PS, just as a little reminder for you, if you do want to figure out what your zone of genius is and take my totally free and awesome two minute quiz, go to kellytrack.com slash genius. That's kellytrack.com slash genius to figure out what your zone of genius is, what your superpowers are, and how to figure out what comes most naturally to you and build a business around it so you can make 10k months doing what you love to do. All right, peeps, that is the show for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening and for being here and I will catch you back here soon. All right, adios, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon. 